We're having open and honest conversations about mental health and well-being. We should talk about it with Myra Ansari on Wave Now. Thanks so much for joining us here on Wave Now. As we should talk about it, I'm Myra Ansari with Dr. Stephen Taylor from U of L Health Peace Hospital. It's been a while since we've gotten together it to talk about our podcast and mental health issues. So uh, I think today is is a perfect time to be back together, Dr. Taylor. Um, as many of you know, our community faced another um, incident of a mass shooting over the weekend in downtown Louisville. Um, and you know, we have this is not our first go around with of violence like True. this and I wish that was not the case but you know we were talking about um, how do you mentally process it you know do you become numb do you even when you see the breaking news alert do you click on it do you just you know how do you deal with all of those feelings that come with another one right yeah you know I think it's you know we were talking about this a little bit before we started you know there's there's sort of two sides in, in the sense. There is this, the part of us that can become numb uh, to events. It's a protective feature that keeps us from just constantly feeling this trauma mm -hmm. over and over again. And that's kind of the same thing. I'm glad you said the numb part because, you know, sometimes as reporters, you go out to the scene. We've covered so many shootings. Mm -hmm. uh, police officers have covered so many shootings that it, you may not process it the way you did the first time mm -hmm. or your average mm -hmm. bystander because that is that protective right. instinct that kicks right. in. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so part of that is just understanding how our brains work. Um, our brains, all of us, have, um, our brain doesn't want to have to do more work than it has to do. So it's always looking for kind of what it can, can take in and deal with that can become automatic and not have to think about. So let's just take a simple task like starting our cars. Okay. When I get up in the morning and go get in my car and start my car, I don't have to think, okay, I hold the key just so, I put it in that little hole and I turn it until I hear the engine start and then I put the gears into drive and I, oh, don't forget to put my foot on the brake. And I don't have to think those things anymore. When I get in my car to start my car, it's automatic. I could be on the phone talking to somebody else. I could be doing some other task and start my car without it requiring any conscious effort. Mm -hmm. Because it's part of how my brain works. My brain does not wanna to have to think about that repeated task every time I do it, so it makes it automatic. It makes it so that I just do it. If I walk into a room that has a scented candle burning, I notice the scented candle immediately. Maybe I don't even like scented candles, so my nose is telling me either get out of the room or whatever. But if I stay in the room for a while, suddenly I stop noticing the smell of the scented candle. My brain, because this is a repeated thing that's happening over and over again, will say, just ignore that information. Hmm. It's not like the candle quit smelling. True. It's just that my brain decided to stop taking that information in. Interesting. It just said, stop it. We, we've, we've taken, we're done with it. We're that. done with it. We're done with it. Move on. Um, so over and over again, we experience these things all the time at how our brains work. Our brain is always trying to trim down to automatic process things that it doesn't need to waste time thinking about. The problem is with things that are important, like keeping track of 
how many kids are getting left at, in the bus at the end of the day, or, or how many people were shot at this last mass shooting, or whatever's going on. When these things happen over and over again, our brain is trying to do the same thing with that information that it does with all other information that we get in a repeated fashion. And so it just, we stop noticing it. We, come, we become how we experience as being numb to it. But, you know, sometimes it, when you see, when you are the victim of an incident, a victim of a shooting, a victim of violence, a victim of what, you know, whatever that traumatic situation is, you are angry and you want people mm -hmm. to stop and do something and create change and to feel the anger that you're feeling. But it happens so much. Right. So let's say you just experienced the trauma. So mm -hmm. it's fresh to you. Your brain is experiencing something new that's not normal for you, not normal for anybody, but certainly not for you. But I've been hearing about this in the news over and over and over again. So now you and I are meeting in the room together. You have a very different experience than I'm having. It's like I was sitting in the room with the burning candle and I stopped smelling it, but you just walked in the room okay. and you smell the candle and you're like, what's with the candle? <laughs> and, and I'm like, what candle? Uh -huh. And it's kind of this, and I don't mean to say that to sort of trivialize trauma, but that's kind of how we can experience trauma. You walk in, I've got this fresh trauma and I'm saying trauma, what trauma? And so not only are you having to process your own trauma, but you're trying to wake me up and get me to notice what I've stopped noticing because it just kind of becomes an automatic process. That's part of what we're having to deal with when we deal with something like trauma. Um, so I know that whenever we've had like school shootings or you know we had the old National Bank shooting or whatever incident it may be, and it's like, Dr. Taylor, a wave of emotions comes mm -hmm, on and you mm -hmm. have a reaction watching the coverage on TV, hearing stories and you're emotional, you're crying, you're angry. And then another one happens and you don't have that same reaction. I know for me, it's crossed my mind like, what's wrong with me? Like a, a couple of weeks ago, I was bawling my eyes out. Right. A couple of weeks ago, I felt like I couldn't move or function and felt like the world was ending. And now it's like, another one yeah. and what do we do and right. it's the same conversation right. and it's prayers and it's blah 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 and it's what you know is that is my feeling wrong no and you're you're experiencing your brain in a normal way as we all do our brains are constantly trying to make repeated material automatic so that we don't have to think about it and so one of the things we need to give ourselves a break on is yeah, I don't feel this as intensely as I did the first one. It's not because I'm a bad person. This is how my brain works. So I'm going to need to make a little more effort to stay focused on it now than I needed to the first time. I need, I need, to, I need to pay a little more attention to it now because there is going to be a tendency for me to sweep it under the rug because I'm not feeling the emotion as intensely as I was the first time it happened. Should you feel that emotion? Well, you or may call it. Well, maybe or maybe not, but just to be aware that it is going to be a duller experience because that's just how your mind and your brain are designed to work. And it's going to take more effort for us to stay focused on it, you know, keep our mind on the ball, as it were. Mm -hmm. So many things happen in our culture that are related to this. The uh, mass shootings are that way. 
Um, the pandemic has been that way. True. You know, I mean, remember how we were all like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And then it's like, oh, it's another COVID story. Yeah. And then you, like, you know. Yeah, you're like, yeah, whatever. Whatever, yeah. And so some of it is, well, that's how our brains work. You know, repeated information gets pushed into the sort of the pre-conscious level of our minds. And some of it is um, we need the bandwidth to do other things. And this is something that happens over and over and over again. And so our brains are going to push it back so that we can focus on the things that are novel or changing. So that's part of it. It's just a normal process of our brains. But we need to recognize that and be able to pull our focus into different things. You know, we're not, we're not just computers that are just simply tabulating data and working according to some kind of number crunching. Mm -hmm. We're human beings and we're capable of thinking and modifying our behavior and so on. So when we have those kinds of dulled experiences of things that are important, that's when we have to just sort of pull our focus out and pay more attention to it. Yeah, I may not feel it as intensely, but then I may be more present to do work too. And I'm not going to necessarily be overwhelmed by my feelings about it. You know, the first time I experience the trauma, it, I may be too emotionally overwhelmed to do anything about it. The, the 30th or the 40th time that it happens, and I'm not having a strong and emotional reaction, well, now maybe I have more presence of mind to be present and to do something mm -hmm. that I might not have been able to do at the very beginning. Yeah. That, that becomes one of the benefits of that kind of tendency to become numb about things is we can be more present mentally uh, because the emotions aren't overwhelming us as much. So the message in that, that I'm hearing from you, Dr. Taylor, is that numbness feeling that you may get, it, if you acknowledge it, that's good. Right. And But take maybe that um, feeling and think about, okay, well, I'm not curled up in a ball and I'm not upset and I'm not like falling apart. So what can I do that could be more proactive? Yeah, I'm and, available to do some work now. Yeah. So I can be present for the person who's just experienced the trauma and try to help them work through it. So let's say we're back to you and me. You just had the traumatic experience. That's this is like oh, another one of these. Now maybe I've got the presence of mind to be able to help you uh, to deal with something you're experiencing for the first time. Mm -hmm. You know. So I, th I think that's. That can be the positive side of our natural tendency to become, I'm, we're using the word numb, I think that maybe is kind of an unfair word to our minds and our brains, but, but for lack of a better way of, of expressing it, mm -hmm. we can use that as a tool that can help us to be more present to do work. When you don't feel the same emotion that someone else is feeling, um, say if you're feeling like, okay, uh, another one, and the other person's feeling all this sort of anger, uh, frustration, wanting to do, how do you respect everybody's feelings in all this? Yeah, I mean, because as you were saying that, it was making me think about the tendency that what you're feeling will have on my feelings, mm -hmm. right? Because let's say you just experienced a trauma, and I've seen this for the 10th time, and now you have a raw emotional experience about it. That's going to make me have those feelings again. It's going, to re it's going to start to rekindle them and stir them. So I do need to develop in me the capacity to tolerate it so that I don't run away from it and try to minimize it or just say, well, this is your problem. It's not my problem. Stop bringing your stuff over here. 
um, and be present to help you with it because it is going to make me feel it again and it's important that I can tolerate feeling it again. Mm -hmm. So that's part of our capacity, I think, to do work with each other is when those feelings get stirred again, which we just didn't like and don't want to have to feel again, to be able to tolerate them so that we can be more present mm -hmm. and be more helpful. I'll just share something personal. Uh, you know, there were uh, several years during my time here at WAVE where I covered nothing but crime, mm. shootings and crime. And, um, you know, I'm not a mental health professional. I did not process it all well, because it's like you're dealing with somebody's worst day of their life and you're, you're approaching them and it's hard and you're not getting the training for it. But then when you do it every day, you just become, I felt like I was starting to feel like a, a robot, you know, mm. going up, mm -hmm. you know, just, I, it was the same grief. It was the same, you know, and then I had to really stop myself and have a conversation like it's not just a story but this is someone's life and it's the right. worst day of their life mm -hmm. and um, how do I approach this situation and I, I think for me personally uh, after becoming a parent all of that changed for me sure. because I was like oh my goodness this could be my child I could be that mother I mm -hmm. could be that you know whatever it is and I had to remind myself like not to be numb and say that to myself, really, right. like this right. could be me. How would I want to be approached? How would I want to talk? And how would I right. want to be with somebody? And to, you know, I think keep in mind too, how important it is for us and for you and for me to have a place where we can process our own feelings about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that there's a forum, a group, a support group, or some place yeah. where we can turn to and talk about what this is doing to us and how we're feeling about it. Because you're right, you, your, your alternatives are lash out at somebody, um, have a place where you can talk about it, or become a robot and just don't feel anything. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, press everything down and don't feel anything. That, yeah, and that's not fair to you. It's not. It's not fair to you, and it's not fair to the other person that you're with um, or trying to be around. Um, because once you be start to just go through the motions of things, mm -hmm. it can take a toll. Big. It'll take a big toll. One day you'll wake up and go, where did it all go? Yeah, where did it all go? And I think people can see through what's genuine, what's not genuine. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone wants to just feel like, you know, uh, something terrible has happened and you're just like, eh. Yeah, you, you know, know, stuff happens. Stuff happens. It'll happen again. Right. Because that's not what we want. Right, right. So, and, they, and give ourselves a break for feeling that way. Because it is part of how our brains are wired to work. And so, yeah, we are going to have that feeling of like, oh, that again. But then that's also should be a trigger for us like, oh, okay, this is an opportunity for me to engage and get more involved in the work. And then on the other side of it, when you're feeling overwhelmed by it, um, to really seek out a place where you can talk about what you're going through, a group, a support group, therapist, however that works for you so that you have a place where you can uh, talk out what you're going through and what you're feeling. And that is so important. Uh, I was just telling Dr. Taylor that before this, I was looking up things that we could possibly talk about, but I saw a study that more people since the pandemic are seeking out telehealth, mm -hmm. um, mental health for to speak with somebody. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, it's good news. It's such good news because the fact that, you know, uh, if you recognize that you're feeling this 
numbness or this um, hopelessness or whatever it may be that you talk to somebody because even with this conversation, you know, it, it has helped because I know when I got the phone call over the weekend, I was on call like, oh, there's been another mass shooting. It was just mm. like, oh my goodness, when is this going to stop? Like, mm -hmm. why? Why? What? What? It is so much frustration. It's so much anger, but it's just like, Frustration is the only word like I can just right. feel like it's But I think it you're up. right. There's so many feelings. We feel so much and there's so much that we're feeling um, that can go unspoken or without having words for it. And I think that's where the talking helps because you're beginning to give a language to the thing that's unsaid mm -hmm. or, or being felt but doesn't have a word for. Mm -hmm. um, it's part of why our two-year-olds are the way they are because they have a lot of feelings, but they don't have words for them yet. Mm. Uh, so what you get is no and a lot of screaming, but you know that that represents a lot of feelings. They just don't have a vocabulary for yet. So if we give vocabulary and words to the things we feel, um, we're gonna, I think we're gonna feel a lot better in the long run. What does empathy do? What is empathy when we feel empathetic uh, for someone, even though, you know, it, it didn't happen to me, but I know someone out there is hurting and someone out there is grieving, someone out there is planning a funeral that they were not expecting. Yeah, you know, um, the, the thing we've been talking about, you know, the feeling numb and becoming dull to what's going on around us, empathy is one of those tools that can pull us out of that, you know. I'm in the room where I've been smelling the candle and I don't smell it anymore. And you come in and you're like, oh my God, what was with this candle? What's with the pumpkin spice? <laughs> yeah, what's, I mean, it's not even, yeah, it's, it's summer. It's not even fall. Yeah, yeah right, it's, it's, it's August. And then, you know, if I can empathize, then I can pull myself out of my, uh, my dullness that I've developed to that and um, experience your experience, at least to some degree. I'm not gonna feel it exactly the same way you do. No but it can kind of get me more into your experience and looking through your lens um, and, and pull me out of my own, my own state. That's true. And so empathy can do that for us. That's a, that's, that's a way that we can draw ourselves into each other's experience. It does a lot of things. One of the things it does is it lets us recognize that we're different people. We have our own sets of ideas and feelings and thoughts. We're not all just extensions of each other. So it does, it gives us that, but it also gives us an opportunity to be more uh, subjectively connected to each other because we can get each other's experience. If I don't know a group that's had a particular thing happen to them and it's not my experience, I still have the capacity to empathize with that group and can kind of get where they're coming from mm -hmm. and kind of see where they're going. I'm a man, you're a woman. I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but I can get it mm -hmm. if you're talking about your experience because I can empathize with what you're going through and what you're talking about. The big word right there, sometimes you say words that just like, I feel like I could blow it up. You wanna grab it. Grab it, <laughs> capacity. We mm -hmm. all have the capacity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You can, it may not be what I feel, I'm not processing the way that you are, but hey, I can make some room and I can, Right. soak it in and be like, hey, let me listen and understand where right. you're coming from, right. why you're feeling that way. Exactly. And maybe that'll help with my numbness to sure. get out of it. Yeah, it absolutely will. Yeah. yeah, I think capacity is an important word. I'm glad you 
you kind of latched onto it because it does make room for other people's experience and that we can understand it and kind of get a sense of where people are coming from. Hmm. All right. This was a good conversation. I was feeling really down after um, this weekend and just, you know, feeling that like, here we go again. And what do we do? Is it the same words that we're going to hear over and over again? And frustration because nobody deserves to be a victim mm -hmm. to something as horrific, uh, regardless of what part of town it was, who it happened to. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It, nobody deserves that. So, um, you know, the fact that um, this conversation, if you have felt that way, maybe uh, it gave you, got you out of that funk space of feeling mm -hmm. numb, then I'm glad that we were able to help you maybe feel an emotion that you're bearing and get the help that you need and talk to somebody. So important. Absolutely. Dr. Taylor missed you. I missed you too. <laughs> and we missed you all as well. So thanks so much for joining us here on We Should Talk About It. I'm Myra Ansari with Dr. Stephen Taylor. Have a wonderful day.